We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Where would you rather be than right here, right now? The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. The Bills make me wanna First Shaq loss in their first round draft pick. He's set to undergo shoulder surgery tomorrow. This is on a torn labrum. He actually has been playing with for several years at Clemson. He went to the combine rechecks, had it checked out. The belief was initially, and especially the belief from the Bills doctors, was that he would be able to play through it through this season and then have surgery next season. But he was going through practice. He was doing a drill. The shoulder popped out again, and the Bills made the decision to have the surgery now. The expectation, of course, is that he's going to be on the shelf through this offseason, start preseason on the pup list, and then miss four to five games. So that means likely starting the regular season on pup list as well. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rock Pile Report. That was Ian Rappaport from NFL Network talking about the big news out of rookie camp, Shaq Lawson's injury. Now, I'm pretty sure you'd all rather hear me talk about it than ramble about some other nonsense, right? What kind of stupid-ass question is that? Well, then let's go ahead and get into this week's Bills News Update. Injuries were the big stories of the week for the Buffalo Bills. First round draft pick, (laughs) number one wide receiver, both announced that they were either will or have already gone under the knife and are expected to miss significant time in the offseason. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Now, the thing that I don't understand about all of this Shaq Lawson stuff, it's it, its by far the biggest story of the week. During the draft, all we heard was that this shoulder injury was insignificant and that it wasn't a big deal and that the Bills medical staff cleared Shaq Lawson to play. And that's why Doug Whaley was so excited that he was still there. Even uh, when his uh, Friday morning interview that all first-round draft picks have on WGR, they asked Shaq Lawson about his shoulder, and he said, no, sir, to not having any kind of shoulder problem. Well, I call bullshit on that, (laughs) considering that now he's going to require surgery to fix what they're 
it's being reported as they're going to have to rebuild the labrum in his shoulder. Now, that's a four to six month recovery time. And getting into some more specifics, here's Ian Rappaport again from NFL Network. Well, we've known for some time that Shaq Lawson had a shoulder injury. In fact, he played through a partially torn labrum through most of his time in Clemson, never missing a game. During the pre-draft process, the belief was that he'd be able to wear a brace, play through 2016, and then get surgery next offseason. That, in fact, is what the Bills believed when they drafted him. Then he went through a practice last week, uh, essentially a a, uh, rookie camp. His shoulder popped out during a drill, and at that point, Doug Whaley and the Bills doctors made the decision with consultation with Shaq Lawson that he would have surgery today. And so that is the case. He's going to repair a torn labrum. He's going to miss the rest of this offseason, miss the entirety of preseason. And the expectation, I'm told, is that he will miss four or five games to begin the regular season, which means they have to make a decision. If they put him on pup list to start the regular season, he automatically misses six games or do they just carry him on the roster and hope he's back sooner rather than later? I can't tell you how crazy this makes me. I get it. The guy may turn out to be an animal later, you know, throughout his career. And long term, it might be a solid pickup for the Buffalo Bills. But this is a team that's trying to win right now. Okay. And yes, I guess you can't trust that a first round rookie draft pick is going to come in and save your season or that he's going to be the fix-all to your defensive problems. That's not it. It was going to take more than Shaq Lawson to begin with. But what makes me mad is that, and I guess the the crux of my argument as far as how this kind of looks poorly on the front office, the decision to put off the surgery immediately after the draft, I think in my mind, just it's a significant blow to Doug Whaley's credibility. He's been trying to establish this for a, for a while, that he knows what he's doing, that he's got a handle on things, and he's the right guy to turn things around here. Something like this isn't how you do that, okay? My initial reaction to all this was something between I just started laughing, and I was sad, and at the same time was just consumed with blind rage towards our front office for not just getting this done sooner when they had the ability. Do they... Do you feel as if the Bills lied to you? A little bit, and it makes me angry. angry. Oh, incredibly angry. I will chain you to a pipe in a crawl space! <laughs> You're going to go chain Doug Whaley? It me every time. You're going to chain Doug Whaley to a pipe in the crawl space? Oh, he better have, he better have something. He better have a move that I, I'm just not seeing right now. See, I would have felt lied to if he wasn't injured at rookie minicamp. Like if it was just something happened on its own and the medical staff was like, oh, well, he's got to have surgery now. Then I, then I would have felt lied to. Mm. I don't really feel lied to because he did it doing a football drill and they said it was to a tackling dummy. Well, the tackling dummy. Wait, are they talking about Dennis Thurman? You mean Virgil? <laughs> I'm assuming I'm, that this, I am referring on. to Dennis Thurman from here on out until he gets fired after this season. <laughs> Mark this down. He will be called Virgil. Uh, I just don't. It's the tackling dummy. When I heard it, I assumed it was Dennis Thurman because they never really talk about what he actually does there. So besides. You know, besides being Rob Ryan's personal maid and now maybe a tackling dummy, I, 
What is his title? What would you say you do here? I don't know, but I'll tell you what he's not. He's coaching anything important on defense. He's the Buffalo Bills Virgil. (laughs) End of story. End of story. So moving on with the injury news, because the Buffalo pain train just has decided to keep rolling, Sammy Watkins announced that he had foot surgery and that he's in recovery from it. And that while the team remains optimistic that at some point during training camp, maybe towards the end, you know, he's probably not going to be back for much, but he probably will miss some of the preseason games. What's they think like? he'll be ready for the start of the season. Let's let's backtrack here. He got this three weeks ago. Okay. So he's already like four weeks into recovery. That's what? Was it six to eight weeks? Mm-hmm. So he's literally halfway through the initial recovery. And while yeah, but at the same time on WGR they had said that twenty percent of the people that get Sammy's procedure, they get a second one yeah. at some point. Yeah, because you have to get it removed. You eventually once it heals, you get the screws removed. Okay. And then if he comes back too quickly, how much you want to how much you want to bet Virgil is the uh, medical assistant on that second <laughs> surgery? Is that <laughs> That'll be the job that they give him this week. Yeah, that'll after, be his. They'll tell him he can do it after he gets done cleaning up Rob Ryan's beer cans. Yeah, after since you injured Shaq being a tackling dummy, and then you got to go change the sheets on the cot that Rob Ryan sleeps on because <laughs> nobody knows what Dennis Thurman does. So they probably got to work in the mailroom some days. Like he has to actually leave practices to go work in the mailroom on Tuesdays. <laughs> Yeah, when people send in uh, to get Shaq Lawson's signature, it's actually Dennis Thurman. <laughs> he does all player signatures. Oh, my God. So just talking about Sammy Watkins here, and we're going to get a little bit more in-depth with it you know, when we talk to our guest this week, um, Rico from Bill's, Bill's, Fanatics, Bill's Fanatics on Twitter. Ooh, I'm going to get into this in a little more detail with our guest, but – I think it's worth noting that this is a player who for his entire NFL career and the tail end of his collegiate career just could just could not stay healthy. And they're all lower body injuries. Okay. At some point the Bills are gonna have to stop and think long term about the wide receiver position. Okay. And whether or not Watkins can be trusted to be the guy, to be the be our seventy million dollar wide receiver. Because I'll tell you what, it scares it scares the hell out of me thinking that this team might can might commit significant cap space and just financial capital to to a guy who just cannot stay healthy with injuries that over the long term of his career could rob him of his of his ceiling. Well, his injuries aren't I don't view them as like long-term no, issues. They're all nagging they're injuries. They're nagging injuries. And look at what happened with look, look at Stevie Johnson. Stevie Johnson was electric until he started hurting his groin and then it never stopped. And so his ceiling just kept getting lower and lower and lower every year because it was a groin, then it was an ankle, then it was a calf injury, which is the exact pattern we're seeing with Sammy Watkins. And then in other news, Bill's rookies held their first mini campus past week. And in order to lighten the mood, we've got to talk about something positive here. It had its share of highlights. Okay. Cardale Jones on the river. <laughs> Cardale Jones. Take me to the river. <laughs> He's never been on a boat ride before. So they let him captain a boat down the Niagara River. That's insane. They let him drive the boat. How how do you how do you go to He's from Ohio, right? Oh yeah. How are you from Ohio? You go to Ohio State and you've never 
uh, captain maybe a Cleveland steamer. <laughs> I Down hate, the Ohio I, River. I hate the fact that you worked the term Cleveland steamer into our podcast. I hate you for that. I had to. I had to. Oh, my God. And then there, there were some changes. You know, obviously this offseason has been big as far as changes to the rookie program. Well, they got they killed the symposium. And let's not forget that Cardell also said that our vintage uh, standing Buffalo logo looked like a cow. I was really hoping you wouldn't bring that up. I have to. He, oh, it's, it's one of the dumber things. He co- kind of corrected himself mouth. and said it looks like a cow Buffalo. Whatever. No, it looks like a standing Buffalo. I'd, Elegant, beautiful, red buffalo. I hate you Wait. so much right now. The faces Great that he's making of me Great look. white buffalo. God. Great white buffalo. Oh, my God. I think Chris has had too much to drink already. Um, Not yet. So Reggie Ragland was taking play calling duties, okay? He's been calling, he was calling the shots this past week for the defense during our minicamp. Now, this is what Rex had to say on that. Feel good about it. Uh, you know, they call things differently, obviously, uh, at Alabama, but it's still the same thing. It's like, hey, by the way, this means, you know, this coverage here and, and all that. So he's trying to filter all that stuff in right now. But he obviously did that at Alabama, and, and we think he'll be able to do it here. You know, albeit as, you know, uh, Preston will be our, our main signal caller, but uh, he'll have to learn it also. Now, I like how Rex covered himself there at the end. By throwing in that, you know, Preston's the guy, but we also need Reggie to learn this for some reason that I don't feel like talking about with all of you right now. <laughs> I think, I mean, I've been, I'm, I'm a Raglan fan. I'm a Bama guy. I've watched him play for years. Wait, well, how about the uh, draft party? Draft party episode. Have you bought his jersey yet? Oh, yeah, it's ordered. Ordered. Good. So. I know that he has the ability to play call at the NFL level. Just watching the way he dictated a complicated defense in Alabama. I think that it's a good thing that he's doing this now. Slowly easing him into these responsibilities. And hopefully he'll be working with, you know, the second unit or the first, you know, he'll get some time with the second unit getting to play that role during training camp. Because if Preston Brown struggles, you know, kind of like he did last season, if he if his struggles continue into this season, I think... You know, I think at some point that responsibility may get shifted over to the rookie. Do you really? Oh, let's go back. Let's go back to the Houston game. I think it's their first touchdown. Was that Preston Brown's fault that people were running around with their heads cut off while they just no. quick snapped and no. went right? I don't think that that's Preston Brown's fault. That play in particular falls on on the coaches for not getting the play call in and trying to substitute people in for what they believe Houston's package is. It falls on your boy Virgil there. Exactly. That's why Virgil. <laughs> that's why he's, that's, that's why, why he's changing sheets and passing out mail. That's why Virgil got demoted without, without the title being changed, still listed defensive coordinator. And then you've got Eric Stryker. Boy, some chicken wings had really hit the spot. The guy came in and during the media portion of rookie minicamp ruffled, ruffled everybody's feathers. Okay, by questioning the domination of Buffalo's chicken wings. No, and then when I, I guess the Buffalo wings, but in my mind, I'm like, I've, I've tasted a great chicken wing. How better can it be here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I felt like I've had some great chicken wings. 
I mean, how, what else can you do to a chicken wing? It's all I'm saying. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. Eric, let me go on record to say that I like you as a prospect. Okay? I was a big fan of the fact that we signed you right away and then we brought you in. And I think you've got a chance to stick, you know, as probably as a special teamer and maybe work your way into a, a role here somewhere on the team. What if with Shaq's injury, does he have a chance? But how dare you? Question our chicken wings. Luckily, Richie Incognito immediately took to Twitter after the interview to announce that he would be taking Stryker to Duff's ASAP in order to set him straight. Obviously, that obviously Duff's is where you go if you're a tourist of Buffalo. People always say, well, where do you go for wings? It's either Anchor Bar or Duff's. Anchor, Anchor Bar's wings suck. You know they're who, terrible. You know who said that they're the best they've had? Who? Gary Smith. When Gary comes, Gary, you're uh, coming to Duff's. Yeah, Gary, we're going to Duff's. Gary, when or no, is, since we are locals to Buffalo, is there like a particular spot for chicken wings that you prefer? Duff's West Seneca. Duff's West. My brother came into town from Ohio. He hadn't Slow had chicken Ohio. wings in a while. His girlfriend, she's lived in Ohio her entire life, so she rarely has gotten to taste Buffalo chicken wings. We went to Duff's because that's where you go to get wings. Uh, yeah, that's, I I understand that. That's where you take a you take a tourist. Okay, but that's where I would also go because I want to give a tourist the best wings we have to offer. I don't want to waste some. Anchor Bar's wings got small. Their sauces aren't that great. There's like there are other apps that fly around and things like that. I don't know. I don't care. I like the fact that w- I go to Duff's. I get deep fried pickles. They're they got a million beers on tap. They got sports everywhere. And their food is phenomenal. See, Every place else in, but I'll go on record with saying that Duff's is number one, and the rest of the the rest of these places can all kiss my ass. See, for me, I I if if I know anybody that's coming into town and they're like, where do I go for wings? I would say, yeah, go to Duff's because they're a tourist. If you want, for me, best wings, I go to two two different spots, either Man Moser's Tavern in Hamburg. There's are pretty good. Yep. Or I'll go to Shunks West Hill Grill in Eden. Shunks. I'm Shunks. Not, I'm not drinking in any. I'm not drinking or eating chicken wings in any place. It sounds like some kind of involuntary, but involuntary bodily function. I shunked. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm tight. Yeah, Shunks is actually in the sticks in East Eden, New York. But yeah, what do you do with your chicken wings? You wash it down with. A good beer. Oh, and- boy, folks. Here it comes. So Chris was bored, as he usually is. I'm not, I wasn't bored. I was grocery shopping at Tops. And he goes to the store and just wanders because he's single and lonely. Ladies, if any of you out there want to date with the man, the producer of the Rockpile Report, you I'm can available. find him wandering your local Right here. Tops. I picked this up at Tops. He found a grapefruit Bud Light. No, grapefruit Labatt Blue Light. I hate you. Okay. I like all Labatt products. So I saw it. I'm going to try it. So we decided here on the air we were going to have a sip of it during our, and we're having chicken wings, and we're going to have this as part of our chicken wing and beer discussion to see how this beer rates among other beers in the Buffalo area. Hopefully, it's, hopefully it would complement a delicious breakfast. Well, I'll say this. At first glance, it looks like a bottle of moose piss. Okay, so it looks like I am holding a bottle of urine. Yeah. Has a slightly sour smell to it. Makes my 
my mouth pucker when I smell it. My beer should not make me pucker. <laughs> Chris, I have a feeling that this is going to be like a Seagram's. Bottoms up. Oh, yeah, that is horseshit. Wow. <laughs> this is awful. Good Lord. Who? It's... I've never had something be both bitter and sour at the same time. This is but if but but but, but Labette, you figured it out. You, guys, you, this beer guys, gets a you, solid thumbs down. I wish I had more hands so I could give this beer four thumbs down. This gives it like a Dave Bautista thumbs down when he power bombed <laughs> Triple H to the table. <laughs> This might be the worst thing. This is disgusting, but we're going to have to finish this 12-pack off because that's oh all I Oh, my God. Ugh. This is gross. Yeah, guys, do yourself a favor. Don't, Sip out on this. Not all the wings in the world couldn't make this beer drinkable. Do not buy Labad Blue Light Grapefruit. How? Wait, how many ice is how, how? So there it is, folks. Two Buffalo guys drinking a Buffalo beer telling you it's crap. Stay away from it. How how long did do, do, the, the, the beer stay good? I, I've decreed. I could take this to Atlanta when I go to my brother's wedding. I'll just you can save. take that out back and bury it where it belongs. <laughs> That's where you can take it. All right, everybody, we got a real treat tonight from Bills Fanatics. We've got Rico on with us tonight. You're doing? Hey, fellas, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's nice. To, it's nice to actually uh, get together with other guys that love the Bills, man. And so this is. It's actually really dope. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime, man. It's it's always good to talk to other people who care about the team. Now, you know it. You guys have a show. Now, is your show predominantly based on YouTube, or do you guys? I mean, I noticed you guys have a blog. It seems like you're, you know, the Bills fanatics. There's, you guys are multifaceted. Listen, man. It it honestly it started off with uh, with Pierre Gabbert. That's uh, that's our main man. This guy had love for the Bills. Start. Started off with Bills Fanatics. Uh, started off with like what I think I joined when it was like 300 members, and we've just grown. And we we pretty much was like, you know what? We can't just be. We don't want to just be a Facebook group. Let's try to let's try to broaden the horizon. So we went to Twitter, Instagram, and it just grew. And we're like, you know what? We love talking Bills so much, but this that we don't have a platform. So any place that you never we, you normally go to, uh, and we created the barbershop. It's like you go to the barbershop, anything goes. So we said, well, you know what? Let's just Try it. Let's see how it is. Because we disagree on so many things when we have our private chats. It's like, why just keep it in our private chats? Why don't we just let everyone in on it? And oh. that's how we created it. So we are we are everywhere. Uh, we even have insiders with the bills. I'm telling you, man, listen, we're a movement. We're that's, a movement, that's baby. That's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm glad that Chris turned, me on to your, Chris turned me on to your website and your show. I mean, I, I like a lot of your guys' stuff. I believe I, I, believe I, I, I believe I heard on the one video that I watched that I commented on is somebody is like a ball boy with the Bills or was a ball boy? A ball boy with the Bills. You gotta you gotta you gotta give me a little more information on that. What you talking I, about? I could have sworn I heard that like one of you guys was like a ball boy or am I just Oh a ball boy. Yeah, you know what? It's uh one of our one of our actually admins, if I if I if I remember correctly, I think he's uh He's affiliated with the Bills. Uh, I don't know if he's a ball boy. I think he used to be a ball boy. I think it's Icy Vic. Uh, it's one of our members there, and I know he's affiliated with the Bills. And uh, he's constantly at these games, and he's 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 uh he's definitely he's definitely a face. He's he's around. He knows the ways. That's in awesome. Buffalo. Well, so I got a couple quick questions for you. Yes, sir. So first off, what's your favorite beer and your favorite thing to eat when you're watching a game? Here's the crazy part. I'm not even a beer drinker, man. All right. I'm not a beer that. drinker. Like if I'm if I'm watching that, like 
I don't know for you for those that don't know, I'm not I don't live in the States. I'm in Canada. Yep. And uh I like to I like to watch my game in my basement and I'm chill. So I get me myself a Mountain Dew, mm-hmm. I get my spiced Doritos, and I get me my my uh my buffalo wings and I'm good to go. The buffalo wings. See, I yes, like sir. it. What is your favorite Buffalo Bills memory? Uh, it's I'll tell you this, man. It's not a great one, but it's one that's going to stay with me for a long time. Um, I think this was back in 07, a Monday nighter against Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. I went to that game and I it was my first game going to, first of all. And I went with a buddy of mine, a Dallas Cowboys fan. And I remember when we were on fire, we were just destroying Romo. Uh, I think T.O. was on the team at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Witten. And we were pick sixing. We were just doing it. And I just remember the passion in the stadium. And then when we got the air deflated out of us. And that's when I knew I was a true Bills fan because I saw the way I was hurting, everyone was hurting. And it was a genuine hurt. It was used. And it's not a great memory, but it's one that's going to stick with me because I know this, this, this fan base is bar none the best in the world, no doubt. Rico, I like you already. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a bunch of things on the doc to talk to you about, but I've got one, one because I've listened to a couple of your videos now and you had a lot to say on the subject of wide receivers. I think in one of them you were bagging on Anquan Bolden. Somebody tried to say you ran a four seven and you said flat out he's a five all day. He's a five all day. Well, I mean, I, I, at his age right now, I'm telling you, he's not running no sub four. Yeah, sub five. So he's a five all day. Now, here's the thing. I... At the time, we had a healthy crew, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we've, we've seen some things happen the last couple of days. Uh, now, does he seem more appealing to me? Maybe. Uh, and this is the, and not for his physical reasons. It's more of a, of a, a vet presence to our, our young receiving uh, squad mm-hmm. on our team. Because really, who's the oldest guy that we have on our team right now uh, on the receiving end? They're all young guys. If there They're you go. Them. That's what I'm saying. So we need a guy that will that – will, Give a little of uh, a little bit of presence, uh, a little bit of composure on there um, for his physical abilities. We, I personally don't think we need that because we have the Greg Salas, the possession big receiver. Um, Anquan Bolden coming in, two reasons that he'd be great is obviously for the possession presence and mm-hmm. the familiarity with Roman's offense. That's as far as it goes for me. Now yeah. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you probably disagree. Well, hey, and, no, and I'm ready for it. Well, in all honesty, I was preparing myself to disagree with you. Until I listen to your entire clip talking about Anquan Bolden. I love it. Now, So here's my take on Anquan Bolden. Let me hear it. A player like Bolden is a guy who, like you said, he's not going from a physical standpoint. He's not going to blow the doors off anybody. He's not a deep threat anymore. He's not He's not going to challenge safeties. And he's not, But what he's going to do is he's going to bring a presence to that locker room that says, hey, I've got a ring. I've done this for God knows how many years, and I've been good at it. Yes, so sir. you all need to shut up and listen to me. Watch what I do. Do what I do. Let me teach you some things. And in the long run, it's going to be better for you. And, and you know what? Let me, let me add on to that because it, I, I think sometimes it's underrated how um, a veteran can come in and change uh, the way a team uh, functions. And I'll use Steve Smith as an example. He went from the Panthers – and the Panthers were, I mean, subpar. They're, they're like, they're always in the mix. Let's put it that way. And when he left, it's not, I wouldn't say they dropped off, but you can tell there wasn't a, a set, a, a, there was a standard that left. 
and he brought that standard to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And you can tell uh, how comfortable and how quickly Flacco was on Clicking. him. He was on my fantasy football team. He was on my fantasy football team, and he single-handedly won me some games. Listen, you're, you're, you're talking to the choir, man, because I get it. So that Anquan Bolden addition, if we were to ever entertain it, um, for those purposes, I think that he would bring a little bit of uh, that, that the guts you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like to he's in a these tough scenarios, guy, guys, in the red zone, block this is like what a you're going to expect. He's a run-blocking machine, too. Dude, so you figure not- for as much as we run run the ball, that's a huge asset. I'm telling you. And the, the fact that – and I don't – and Roman could secretly be banging the door to bring him in. But here's the problem. A guy like him isn't just going to come for chump change. No, he's going to want to get money. Right? And he's the thing is, I'm sure he knows that, okay, I'm past my prime. But at the same time, he knows what he brings to the table, yeah. and he's going to his him and his agent are going to talk, and they're going to be like, "Listen, man, you want us on the team? You're going to have to pay up." Well, and I think have to, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now if it wasn't for the fact that one of the big stories of the week, Sammy Watkins, with another lower body injury. Oh, man, deflating. That's well, the one word I can think of right now. Well, I'll tell you what. He's Chris actually has queued up some audio for us. From Ian Rappaport talking about Sammy Watkins and his injury. As for Sammy Watkins, another injury setback for the Bills star receiver. It turns out, we found out today, he actually had surgery three weeks ago from Dr. Robert Anderson in Charlotte. I'm told he broke a small bone in his foot. The fifth metatarsal, same as Des Bryant, same as Julian Edelman. Uh, and the timetable for him is six to eight weeks after having that screw inserted in his foot. Now, the plan, I'm told, is for him to be ready by training camp. At the least, he, of course, will be ready for the regular season. So not good news for the Bills, but at least they get their star, their star receiver when the season begins. Now, that right there, I've got a couple, I've got a couple things I want to say. The fact that it's the same injury Julian Edelman, same injury Des Bryant had. The thing that I find strange about it being, you know, those two players specifically is that if you look at, they've both re-injured that same injury by coming back too soon. So all of this talk about Sammy coming back for training camp, the kid's been around for a while. He's, you know, he knows what's going on. I don't think he needs a training camp. I'd rather see him ride pine for a while. I'd rather see him sit out most of the preseason, if if it's possible, just because we know he know already knows what it takes to be ready for for opening day. Now let me chime in on that because it the way Rappaport report. I mean, it is what it is, right? They're saying mm-hmm. six to eight weeks, and he should be back by training camp potentially, or at least by game one. Okay, and it's there's a bit of optimism for the fans. Woof, a sigh of relief. But here's the thing: that injury isn't one of those injuries where you have your surgery and you're good to go after that. There are repercussions later on. Um, I just got an expert, I, an excerpt from uh, uh, Bobby Ray, one of our, our co-founders. Uh, he found something online. Um, so, like you said, Bryant broke his foot. You got uh, Edelman that broke his foot. Uh, the, from what I understand, three years to four years from now, that injury could come back again. Mm-hmm. And giving that, that being said, we have a decision to make at that point. If it does come back, what are we doing with Sammy Watkins? That's been a thing. I set Buffalo Rumblings is the um, SB Nation website for okay. the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. I am indeed. So I set everyone's hair on fire this week 
And I warned everyone. I'm like, this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to throw it out there for you and just see what you all have to say. And I got set on. They were trying to set me on fire for (laughs) for even talking about the fact that maybe we need to go out next year and spend some high draft capital or spend some free agent dollars on trying to bring in a, a number one wide receiver. Everyone said, I'm crazy. Say, oh, you know, you're bagging on Sammy. You're not a real Bills fan. I'm trying to be a realist here. You watch what happened with a player like Stevie Johnson. Stevie Johnson was electric for his first few years, and then he got a groin injury. Well, then what happens with injuries, especially lower body injuries like that, it starts with a groin. You come back from the groin, but you're overcompensating using other muscles. So then in the offseason, you have a hip injury. You have to have surgery on it. Well, then you're still trying to compensate for that. So then you have calf and ankle injuries and other groin it never goes away. It's a long-term nagging problem. And you saw the decline in Stevie Johnson's production as those injuries started to pile up and just kept occurring and kept occurring. So now the question becomes, a guy like Sammy Watkins, you look at the contracts that have been handed out to some of the best wide receivers in the game. Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, they both signed $70 million five-year contracts last offseason. Are you comfortable... Knowing, especially because I know you've taken some time and looked at the wide receiver position, are you personally comfortable if you're Doug Whaley handing seventy million in five years to Sammy Watkins, knowing that every year he has some new lower body injury? Great, great question, and uh, and I have an answer for you, my man. So here's the deal: first year Sammy came, his injuries were I think he got he got the the rib injury, mm-hmm. so. It took a couple of weeks for him to kind of get through that. He fought through it like a champ. So you're like, okay, so it's either he's he's now, and I hate the way Bills fans think, oh, he's injury prone because he got injured and he was out a couple of weeks. But he played through it. So then mm-hmm. you can then have that label as tough. So let's go to year two. He gets a lower leg injury. He's out for a couple a couple games, two to three games. Uh, now you're now thinking, my gosh, that's two seasons that he's missed at least, I think, what, four or five games. Mm-hmm. So now, is it concerning or not? Now, here's the thing. Des Bryant, before he got his, his foot injury, he laid a foundation. They know what he can do when he's ready to roll full season, no injuries. So you can pay a Des Bryant 70 mil. Now, Sammy Watkins, on the other hand, you've got to prove me more, my man. And that, that to me, to give 70 plus, uh, it's, it's just tough for me to do. Now, I'm going to add this, though. Uh, Pierre, one of the co-founders with uh, Bill's Fanatics, and he's been beating the drum for this, and I've been bashing him hard. And now that I think about it, it's not, it doesn't sound as a bad idea. He, I'm not sure if you guys noticed that we did a, uh, a just a fun mock draft between the three, uh, the three of us. I did it was with myself, Pierre, and Bobby. And uh, Pierre had, um, what's his name from uh, Pierre, uh, Josh Dotson as his number one pick. Mm-hmm. We should go Josh Dawson as number one because if Sammy goes down, who do we have? We have a guy who can just be next man up, step up, top tier talent at wide receiver. The so, thing, well, the thing I that scares it. me about that, though, is that, and this is why I'm thinking we should be planning for this now. And that's what I was trying to intimate to people, and they were going to eat me alive. To, it basically means if we, if we want when Watkins becomes a free agent, we're going to make him an offer. But are we willing to, because I'm sure somebody else who has a ton of cap room, kind of like how the Jaguars went crazy in free agency this year. Oakland went crazy in free agency. 
some team is going to have a bunch of cap room and say, hey, we could get a number one talented wide receiver and we're going to pay him whatever it takes to get him here. We could easily be outbid by another team. The the wide receiver position, unless you get some, you know, an Odell Beckham, you know, a Mike Evans, unless you land a guy like that, you're talking about at least a two-year learning curve for the wide receiver position in the NFL. And since we know we're not going to be drafting in the top 10, or at least we pray to God we're not, absolutely, you're going to be taking a guy who's going to need some coaching. It's going to take him some time to get acclimated to the pro game. So I would think that if that's the case, and if you're worried about this, you know, if he's got to show you more before he can earn that kind of a payday, then you need to be drafting his replacement now. Like 2017 and, is going to have to be the year we pick up his replacements so that when he goes, we don't have a bare cupboard. And I agree. And I'm gonna. And from what I understand, next year's receiving uh, draft uh, um, prospects are heavy, mm-hmm. so that would be the year to pick out a receiver. Um, I'm not too inclined to to know uh, the details of who they are. I'm not really into the college uh, mm-hmm. um, from at the, in the states. However, I will say this though: uh, Sammy Watkins. We're gonna find out who Sammy Watkins truly is, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the big, uh, the big thing that that tug on our on our heartstrings uh, when Sammy got drafted was Buffalo Bills were his favorite team. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. He was. It was in the era of Peerless Price, Eric Moulds, all that great stuff. So we're like, wow, he's a Bills guy. So if he truly, really loves his Bills, I'm not gonna say our Bills, his Bills, the numbers will work themselves out, and he'll be a Bill for life. Oh yeah, he would want to be here. Right. So the money he will try to make. Uh, whatever it takes to make to stay. Now, the culture has changed, and we both know that. Whaley's all about let's draft our guys and keep our guys. Mm-hmm. And it was apparent this offseason. So I don't see that philosophy changing when it comes time to having Sammy Watkins back. Okay. Now, uh, Rico, one of the things with the same Watkins injury, it seems like, again, off, another like offseason or preseason injury. And with what Sammy Watkins did with Tyrod Taylor towards the end of last season. And now he's got this foot injury and he's had surgery and he's going to miss training camp and he might miss some preseason. Do you feel it that that at all hampers the chemistry he's been building with Tyrod since the end of last season? Uh, no, actually, believe it or not, I don't believe so. Uh, and I'll tell you why. They, they built such a connection late last season Um into the offseason. I'm not sure if you saw some footage, but they've been working together. It doesn't have to be on footage, but uh, it's been said quite a few times that they've been working together and working on timing and doing those things. So I don't think that muscle memory between the two of them are, is going to dissipate uh, by the time season comes. It'll be rusty at first, but practice and taking mental reps, he'll be there. Now, the silver lining I see in this is that now it's going to give one of the 50 receivers that we brought in uh, in camp to really shine and prove themselves. The Greg Little, the Jared Boykins, the Hankerson, mm-hmm. the Listenby, the Des Lewis. They brought these, they pretty much, and I I knew that the, people talking about advocating, people who were like, oh, Laquan Treadwell, if he's there, do the Bills take him this year? My argument to that was you could tell they kind of they kind of tipped their hand a little bit that they weren't going wide receiver when you saw them go out and pick up every single Free agent wide receiver who could who would sign for almost nothing. There you they go. They could get their hands on because what they're trying to gain is, like I said, there's a learning curve at wide receiver. So what they're trying to do is mitigate that and pick up some guys who maybe 
you never know. You might unearth a guy who might just have needed a change of scenery. Or maybe there was something there with his old team. Maybe he wasn't ready yet, but now he is. And in an offense that doesn't pass the ball a lot, a guy like Jarrett Boykin or a guy like Greg Little might become a player who's worth having on your roster. He might become a legit number two. If you're Jared Boykin and you couldn't get chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, what? He, make, how can his game get had, better with Tyrod? He Ty had chemistry. That's that's the common misconception about Jared Boykin. He was the next thing. I had him stashed on all of my keeper fantasy teams. Yep. Because they were talking him up like he was the next guy. But then they drafted Devontae Adams, and they fell in love with Devontae Adams' upside, and they let Boykin go. Exactly right. Now, Devontae Adams, he's fallen off. That guy, I don't know what he is yet. I have I, I had Devontae Adams on my keeper, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I had ample opportunity to get rid of him, but I was like, nah, he's gonna he's gonna pull through whatever slump that he's in, and it's gonna be all right. And he never did. It didn't happen, and it burned oh, a man. lot of people. I sold early on that because I, I've been burned too many times keeping a guy Smart. that I shouldn't have, so I just let him go. Smart move. So, now, one comment that was just made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure who made it. I'm trying to because I can't see any faces right now, but. Uh, if he couldn't make it with Aaron Rodgers, like is it? It's disheartening to like to think that maybe is he going to get along and make get the I, I guess uh, the connection with Tyrod. Well, remember Ocho Cinco? Ocho Cinco was lighting it up in, in in Cincinnati. Then he went with a Hall of Fame QB, and we're like, oh man, this is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. But guess what? No connection. He couldn't figure the playbook just, out. He couldn't figure. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. It was that was that was a train wreck. Now, could it be that he couldn't pick up the offense, or could it be that just was there wasn't a connection between the two? Mm-hmm. They're just um, not on the same page. Now, Boykins, however, was brought in for a reason. I'm not sure if you guys remember this. Boykins was teammates with Tyrod. Mm-hmm. They brought him in specifically to see if they can spark that relationship again. So that's why he's in on camp. And mm-hmm. the guy's a he's a ball player. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're about to find out uh, what he can do now. Uh, what Hall of Fame quarterback did Ocho Cinco play with with the Montreal Alouettes? <laughs> that, that, that was Anthony Calvillo. I, th- I want to say Anthony Calvillo. My man, listen, man, you guys are trying to get in that CFL tip, right? <laughs> hey, listen, listen. When I'm bo- during the off season, when I'm bored, nothing is better than the CFL. Listen, man. All right. I got two. I got two allegiances, and that's just because I love the way they played when I watched them play. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders had a, a filthy defense. It reminded me of the Ravens a couple listen, years ago. Do you remember that? Listen, I'm telling you guys, don't sleep on CFL ball. It is good, fast-paced football. Oh yeah, Drew is a huge fan of CFL football because he's always been a fan of Brian Brom. I'm not oh, a fan of Brian Brom. You get out of here. But I will say this. Between the Rough Riders, because they just, when I watched them play, they played defense and they look like the Ravens. It just reminded me of a team that played smash mouth defense and I loved it. It's it's, it's really good ball. Like, shout out to my uh, my Ottawa Red Blacks because that's, uh, that's my home ah, team. Oh, the Red uh, Blacks. The Red All Blacks. Right. So we have, uh, we have Jeff Burris. I'm sure you guys remember yeah. the name Jeff Burris. <laughs> Jeff Burris. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Burris that's at the fantastic. age of what, 38? Yeah. Pushing it. And this man is. I don't know how he's still playing, but he's still <laughs> flicking that rock, man. That's and uh, awesome. we have some a young nucleus and some Canadian ball players, man. They'll, dude, I'm telling you guys, do not sleep on Canadian ball players, man. I'll tell you what, I'll, keep, I'll keep an eye on the Red Blacks 
the Blue Bombers were the team Blue that I, I rooted for just because they reminded, me, they reminded me of the Bills. They're just, really? just a team. They were a team that were just the games I watched. It seemed like they would come so close to like, hey, they're almost going to win this game. And then they would find a way to lose it. Yeah. But do you guys even get uh, any CFL games out there other than the Great Cup? Yeah, I watch yeah we do. TSM. They're on. Well, they're on ESPN. And uh, for me, uh, I'm a cord cutter, so I don't have cable. And I have the Watch ESPN app that I sign in with my mother's cable provider. There and you go. I get ESPN three, and they have CFL games on all the time on uh, ESPN three. Yeah. Here's the thing: you can't really get bored watching CFL ball because it's three down football. It's you, fast. You have to. It's fast and offense defense like. At the end of the day, you've got to be conditioned. Mm-hmm. You've got to be conditioned. Michael Sam thinking, and, I, and I, I hate to bring this up, but like Michael Sam thinking that he can come in and just waltz onto a team and just murder it. Buddy, no. it's a different game. Nope. The fields are wider. These guys are smaller and they're faster and they're more conditioned. He, he, he thought he can come in and make things happen. No way, buddy. You know what no the, way. Well, you know what the thing with Michael Sam and everyone knocked, everyone's like, oh, it's because of you know his sexual orientation. Oh, That's the reason he fell. No, the reason he fell, and I'm a guy who watches SEC football, so I saw a lot of Michael Sam. Okay. Yeah. Michael Sam, he's the type of player who can put up a lot of stats with a great team around him in a conference that likes to run the football a lot. You know, they're, mm. they're, they're a conference with teams that love to run the ball. Okay. But then when you get into CFL football, it's run and gun out there. A lot of those teams run like a West Coast offense. There's a lot of passing because you only have three downs. So you have to get chunk yardage. There you go. So for him to – so his problem translating to the NFL, like you said, speed. He just didn't have it. He never had top-end speed. So at the combine, when he tested middle to bottom of the pack in almost every drill, people were like, yeah, hey, he's not a phenomenal athlete. He just played in a system that put him in a good spot to make plays. So then he washes out of the NFL and people want to blame it on this or that, the other thing, whatever the case is, he goes to Canada. If he was that good of an athlete, he'd be able to trim down, get in shape, and make plays. Bingo. Cameron you know, Cameron Wake did it. Yep. That's what Cameron Wake did. And Cameron dominated. When he was in the yeah. CFL, he dominated. He, he stood looked like out. a man amongst boys. That's it. And you watch Michael Sam play Canadian football, and there's times when you don't even know he's out there. That he, it, you're, you know what? You nailed it, man. It's it, you're absolutely right. He 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 doesn't belong. No, like he's you too look slow. at him, and you're like, what? Who is this guy? He's slow. He's mm-hmm. he's and he's a big boy. Yeah. But like you just like, but you might as well play D tackle. And that's the thing. He's a tweener, and that's yep. what happens to guys like that. He's you, too big now to play. He's too big to play D end in the CFL. He's too small to play and slow to play D end in the NFL. But he's too small to play D tackle. So what do you do with him? You know what? This is what you do with him. You make him become a high school coach, and that's exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> you give him a clipboard, you put him on the sideline, and you have him talk to people. And that's, that's it. Be a motivational speaker as a coach. That's it. Last question for you. Yes, sir. Back to the Sammy Watkins thing. Talk to me. Do you think – think about how much money we're spending on our defense. Do you think that we can afford both a $70 million wide receiver – especially one who has a history of lower body injuries. And if in the event that Tyrod Taylor takes the step that everyone's looking for him to take and he, you know, he proves 
that he can really be the guy. You know, a guy we got to lock up to a long-term contract. Do you think we can really afford both of them? All right, that's a loaded question. It is, and I'm, and I'm going to, and that's okay, because I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to drop a little bit of a tidbit for you guys, because you guys probably don't know this. Like I said, Bills fanatics, we're not just a Facebook group, man. We're a movement, and uh, right. we have some insiders that give us a bit of uh, a bit of things that uh, fans need to know, and for you to have a perspective on something. So, this ties into your question. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins, what? He's going into what year three? Mm-hmm. Year three? Okay. Mm-hmm. He's going into year three. He's. We're probably going to pick up his fifth year option. That's a definite. Now, the reason I mention this is because right now we have two contracts that are uh, on our table right now. We just got, we just got done with um, Cordy Glenn. Now we have Tyrod on a prove-it type of year, and I know he will. I, just, I truly believe it. And then we have Stefan Gilmore. You got to pay okay. Stefan. You, okay, here's the thing. Do you really have to pay Stefan? Because we drafted Darby. So my... From what I'm hearing, we don't have the money for both. We're, ha- we're going to have to make a decision between one of them. If, so, you, if you told me right now that I can choose between an often injured, but when he's at his best, good, when he's healthy and at his best, good cornerback, mm-hmm. and a quarterback. Of, who of can, the future, potentially. A quarterback who has... You don't even have to say of the future. If you're telling me that I have to choose between a cornerback and between a quarterback uh-huh. who's going to lead my team game in and game out, who touches the ball more than anybody else, I can go find another Stephon Gilmore. Boom. And that's why, and I'm and I'm gonna cut you off right there. And that's why I say you will pay Sammy Watkins his 70 mil. And that's where you get your money. Because you won't have the Gilmore contract. There you go. Actually, that makes sense. I'm telling you. And now, and before I before I go, guys, uh, I have this question. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna post on my on the Bills Fanatics uh, fan page uh, as well as the Facebook group. And it was something that uh, a few of us were talking about. And I really I I was perplexed with this. And I want to drop it on you guys. And I'll I'll have you guys uh, simmer and let it let it simmer with you guys. Okay. So we're all Bills fans. We love our team. And if someone were to tell you, in your lifetime, the Bills will never reach postseason and will never win a Super Bowl, in your lifetime, do you, A, continue to support your team and ride for them till the day you die, knowing they will never, ever win a championship? Do you, B, root for another team and say, screw it, I'm, no, I'm not a Bills fan anymore, they're never going to win? Or do you, C, become just a football fan and just say, you know what? My team's never going to win it, but I love the game too much. I'm just going to be a football fan and I'm not going to root for anybody. It's just going to be that. I bring that up because I'm thinking to myself, 16 years, that's half my life already. (laughs) They have not made the damn playoffs. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if they never ever in my lifetime make the playoffs and I continue to root for this team, thinking that they will, and somebody came to me and says, by the way, they're not going to make the playoffs just so you know. So do you still want to root for them or not? I don't like that the Bills have made they've not made the playoffs in the last 16 years and I don't like that because I have not been able to legally drink and watch a Bills playoff game. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. I know and I've talked about this before on our podcast. There's there's a thing in my mind that I've gone back and forth over over the years 
there's no franchise that I feel sorrier for than the, than the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts. And I'll tell you why. Nothing would kill me more as a fan of not only my team, but the game of football. To sh- buy season tickets. I, I mean, I've been a six-year season ticket holder. To know that I'm going to show up every Sunday. My team has a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I'm going to show up every single Sunday and I'm going to watch my team kick the crap out of some other team. Unless it's the Patriots, in which case it'll be an epic game that we'll talk about for years. But otherwise, they'll find a way to win these games. Peyton Manning will carve everyone up. And then come the postseason. So I'm going to win 10 to 10 to 10 to 13 games every single season. I can just book that. And then go into the postseason and have to sit on pins and needles and just hope and pray that we don't blow it. But knowing in the back of my head that we inevitably will. (laughs) Seriously, that's what being a Colts fan looks like to me being an outsider. I look at a fan base that gets to watch their team dominate during the regular season and then just year after year after year blow it in the postseason. So what I look at the Bills, they're at the opposite end of the spectrum for me. I'm rooting for a team. Okay, everyone loves an underdog, right? Absolutely, 100%. I'm an underdog. You know, I'm short. I'm not that fast. I'm not that athletic, but I've played every sport out there. And I've I've been pretty good, <laughs> but it, it it doesn't come without grinding, and it take you know you get beat more often than you win. Yes. But when you win, it tastes fantastic. Oh, and and <laughs> that game, I'll tell you, the the epitome for me was that game where the Buffalo Bills still in the playoff hunt. Yes, we would go on to blow it against Oakland, but that day oh, when that. Green Bay came into our house and we shut Aaron Rodgers down. And then he fumbled right in front of us in our end zone. And I got to watch us just get that safety and just take the game over from there. And the, like at the end of the game and just win like that against yeah. a team who's a predominant, you know, they're a powerhouse. Yep. The Green Bay Packers are a powerhouse team. That game, that win right there has me satisfied for at least another six months. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's my team may not be the best, but when I win, Everything, food tastes better. <laughs> okay, I get out of bed on Monday morning, and it's like I got 10 hours of sleep instead of six. I hear you. Everything it, is better on a Monday after a Bills victory because they're but, not expected. You have to grind them out and cross. Even if you're up by two touchdowns with five minutes left, you got to cross your fingers and pray to God that nothing terrible happens. But, but here's the thing, though. In, in the words of Herm Edwards, we play to win the game. It's true. We don't play to just have have some passion because we won a couple games. It gets to a point where you're like, guys, finish off. <laughs> finish. You're right. Finish for crying outside. Let's get into the play. Let's have that feeling that we have. We are the top 12 teams. And we can say, be like, you know what? We, might, we finally broke this little streak of losing or, mm-hmm. or, having, or having the Bills. You know what they do to us? They have our, our, our hands and pins and needles and our hearts are because we always make it near the end. And it's only like a couple games that make or break us. Like and I'm can- sick and like tired of that. Kansas City last year. Okay, okay but, but let's think about it. Kansas City. It's been a, still slow, it's been a <laughs> slow progression. And we've been a team that's been very poorly run for a long time. 
Are we poorly run? Not to say anything. Hang on, not to say anything. But I, I will never disparage Ralph Wilson. But in the in the last five six years of his life, he was very hands off with the team, and I think that the people running the team didn't really know what to do with it. Pagula took over. He provide he put the people that he thought were most competent in place. These got Russ Brandon. Russ Brandon found a way to get us to buy in every single year. The guy's not an idiot. No, he's, he's not. And he's running. He is now the president of operations. Well, that's because he regionalized the yep. bills with, he uh, found with a way Buffalo and Rochester to and here. Toronto. Now, he's so the business end is taken care of. So they're going to have the and our owner's rich. He's the fifth richest owner in football. He's got the money now. So you don't have to worry about us cheaping out on our own players, which is what you've seen. Like you alluded to earlier, you, you, you've seen this movement where we finally got an owner who says, Hey, I've got the money. Go pay that guy. That guy's good for my football team. I want him. You've got a GM who, even though he makes some questionable decisions in my mind, he, he seems to be getting more right than he gets wrong. I think we're heading in the right direction. And what ends up when we turn that corner, it's not going to. But they're doing it the way it needs to be done. They're building a nucleus of young players, and then the best teams in football. You see it: the Ravens, the Packers, the Patriots, you know, the Steelers. They're never out there trying to hit home runs like Miami in free agency. But they make the playoffs almost every single year. It's because they draft well. They don't let the they they know who their core guys are. They identify them, and they let those other guys who need to walk. They let them walk. Like you were alluding to with um, Gilmore. Yep. You A competent GM, a good GM, knows if it comes down to my cornerback or my quarterback, one of them's going and one of them's staying in. We both know who that would be. Yes. So I think that we are on the path to doing this the right way. And when we get there, you're going to see not just short-term success, but long-term sustained success. And yes. that's what I want. More than anything, that's why I'll never give up. No matter how bad things get, I'm rooting for the – I know that – I see it. I see this long-term thing. And if you told me that I'll never see the postseason and that they'll just keep coming so close – You'll take it? I can't can't drop it. I can't drop drop the mic on it. I love it. And you know what? I feel the same way. I can't – A, I can't root for another team. And I love my bills too damn much for me to even consider – just being a football fan. And up, the fact that they were almost going to move to Toronto made me sick. Thank you. What if they had left? That was a question we posed to a bunch of our fans. What if the Bills had left? It's like the it's like the Dodgers. They were the Brooklyn Dodgers and then they moved to LA. You had half of Brooklyn was they were split because half of Brooklyn decided that they were still going to root for them even though they were the LA Dodgers and half of them despised the very thought that they existed. I don't know that I would be able to root for our team anymore if they were to if they were to go out there with Listen some other it. colors on, repping some other city. I don't know that I could do it. All right, listen, I'm with you 100 percent because I'm I'm not far from Toronto. I'm four hours from Toronto, and even then, I just it just wouldn't be the Toronto Bills. Like, really? No, oh. I can't. I mean, it'd be dope, but at the same time, I was like, I'm, I just know my Bills, my Buffalo Bills, and that's the way I look at it. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I, Chris, what do you have to say? I was just going to say, uh, it's been good having you on. Uh, if you can give a shout-out to where we can find all of your Bills Absolutely. fanatics material. 
Absolutely. So, guys, uh, you can shout us out on Facebook at Bills Fanatics. Uh, we have our Instagram with about 18,005 members at Bills Fanatics. Uh, we have our website, Bills Fanatics BF. Uh, we have our Twitter handle, uh, the Twitter handle, uh, Bills Fanatics. And we even have, uh, if you're looking for the Bills inside information that uh, most people are not giving you, it's uh, BF underscore insiders. Uh, check us out. Uh, we'd love to have you come join us. And, uh, and the kids, guess what? Perfect timing because now the babies are, are, are up in. <laughs> well, fellas, listen, it was great. Listen, I, let's do this again. I want to I have you guys on the Bills uh, Barbershop. Absolutely. Listen, no holds barred. You can say what you want, when you want, and uh, we'd love to have you guys. We'll set it up. All right. Sounds good, man. I'm on. I'm up anytime you are. I love it, man. Rico, I, lo- thanks- I love the setup, man. Let's do this again. Anyth- Rico, thanks for stopping by. Guys, go check out their go check out their YouTube videos and go check out their website. All right, do me yes. a favor. Check it out, man. You guys will have fun, man, because you you'll get it, you'll you'll be heated with us as we speak. <laughs> all right, all thanks, right. Rico. Take it easy. All right, I appreciate it, guys. Thank yep, you. But all right, folks, that was Rico from Bills Fanatics. We had an awesome conversation about Sammy Watkins, about everything, about the team. What do you guys think? Do you guys have anything? Do you have any opinions out there? Somebody talk to me. My inbox is empty. Rockpowerreport716 at gmail.com. I get nothing from you guys. Give me something. Even if it's hate mail. I want to hear it. I will have my mother email you. If your mom emails me, I'm going to send her back a picture of my ass. All right? I'm telling. I'm warning you now. Guys. Somebody out there, reach out and let. I want to know what you think. It, it helps the show. It helps me. I, I want to know that I'm not out here on the lunatic fringe by myself. We are on YouTube now. <laughs> Let's not forget. Oh yeah, we're on YouTube. We Chris, are, why don't you give me the we, URL? What's the? I don't. I tried finding or you like. I just doing like youtubecom report and it gave me the finger. It just go to YouTube. And when you're on YouTube, just search Rockpile Report, three words, Rockpile Report, and you will find some videos. You'll find a couple of clips from today's episode, and we started doing this last episode, and you'll find another clip on uh, Drew talking about the uh, draft picks of Shaq Lawson. You're an and, idiot. And if I Google Rockpile Report plus YouTube, it comes up with their videos. Well, Folks, don't listen to him. He, that's why he's a producer. That's why he doesn't get to talk. What, what is the web address? Does it say youtube.com slash rockpile report? No, it doesn't. It no, doesn't. you're right. It doesn't. I don't but know our direct us, link. You guys can find us on YouTube. We are going to be report. the Buffalo Bills version of EDP 445 without the N-word. Without the N-word or any of the profanity. But at the end of the day, guys... I want some feedback. I want to hear what you guys think. So get a hold of me. Rockpowerreport716 at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter. Rockpowerreport. It's simple. It's easy to find. If you can't spell it, that's cool. Call me. I'll help you figure it out. We'll we'll get together on this. And anyways, guys, it's been great. I love doing this. Chris loves doing it. And I love that you're all here still listening to me ramble. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. And this has been the Rockpile Report. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.